Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Amen. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV version this morning. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. And I'm reading down to verse 13. And it says, when he, speaking of Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and I will heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. Verse nine, for I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. And I tell you, many will come from the east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I can hear the, the, the remorse in his heart as he's thinking about what's going to take place. And verse 13 says, and to the centurion, Jesus said, go and let it be done for as you, excuse me, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Amen. If you'll give me your attention this morning, we're going to start a series today on kingdom authority. We're starting a series on kingdom authority. And today we're going to talk about under authority. We're talking about kingdom authority, but here we're going to focus in on being under authority. Lord God, we're here for you. You brought us to this place. And Lord God, this is your time. This is your word. And so, Lord, we're asking you to speak to us, make it plain to us, show us what's on your heart. Speak to us, find us right where we are today in the name of Jesus. Our hearts are open and receptive, and we believe that your word will go in and find good ground and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, we're going to start a new series again today on kingdom authority, amen. This year of 2021, we are being kingdom focused. We're going to become kingdom focused, amen. And this first part we're going to really concentrate on is understanding kingdom authority, amen. But how many of you understand, and I think you will if you don't, uh, by the end of this today, it is more powerful, it is more important, watch this, not just to be in authority, but to be under authority. And I'm going to show you what that looks like today. Amen. So it, it, it's best right now. If you see all the things that are going on in the world, if you see the things that are happening in Washington, D.C., the things that are taking place with Corona all over, it is best. It is best to be kingdom focused. The best place that we can put our attention is on the kingdom of God and on the king of the kingdom. Amen. He's a strong tower. He's our hiding place. And the Bible says that when we keep our mind stayed on him, that means when we stay focused on him, he keeps us in perfect peace. Amen. So, so guess what? You don't have to flip out when you see the news. Get it? You don't have to flip out when you're on social media and all you see is just craziness. And you do understand that social media works off of algorithms, which means that whatever you're looking at, they're going to give you more of what you're looking at. So if you think that all you're seeing is craziness in the world, it's because it's all you're looking at on Facebook. Amen. So, so change what you're looking at. Look at him. The Bible says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's how we strengthen our faith by focusing in on him. And that's what we have to do in this year. We have to remain kingdom focused. I'm here to tell you that the world is going to continue to be crazy. I'm sorry. I, I would really love to sit here and tell you, oh, well, 21 was such a horrible year. And when that calendar changed with 2021 at the, at the stroke of midnight, everybody said, Happy New Year. You were entering into something just brand new because the clock changed. No, we are going to see craziness in the world. I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you, but this is what the Lord is saying. He says, but the people that know their God will be strong and resist the evil. They'll be strong and do great exploits. They'll be strong, amen, and do works for the kingdom in the midst of everything going on. So if your hopes 
are, are fixed and fashioned on, on getting one person out of office and getting somebody else in there, if your hopes are fixed and fashioned on just developing a vaccine, if your hopes are, 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 are based on that somehow, some way, all of the people are just going to come together and work together, it's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen. Amen. The only way this works is the people of God stay focused on him and we begin to rise up and take back ground. We talked about this last week. The Bible said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. What that means is that violent people have been attacking the kingdom. There's a spiritual war going on since the beginning of time. Amen. There's a spiritual war going on. And the only way that we're going to make a difference in our world is if we go after it. If we go and we take back ground for the kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ, that's how it's going to work. Amen. I don't care what's going on in the world. It's not going to come in my house. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And we're going to take back ground. Amen. We're going to bring people in the kingdom. We're going to witness. We're going to turn this world upside down. Yes, Bethany, that's what we're going to do this year. Amen. Because we're going to stay kingdom focused in the midst of the chaos. Glory to God. Amen. We're going to seek him first. We're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's, it's his, his way of doing things. It's his right standing. It's being in right position with God. Amen. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Family, what you have to understand when we got saved, we didn't find religion. We didn't find religion when we got saved. We found the king and we found his kingdom. Amen. In fact, we found our homeland. That's why it's so important to stay kingdom focused, family, because we have to learn to understand where we come from. We have to learn to understand where we're going to. Amen. There is a kingdom God established. He has a kingdom. And that's why Jesus told us to pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so our responsibility this year is going to be to understand the kingdom of God so we can manifest the kingdom of God. God can use us to manifest the kingdom right here on earth. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's review a little bit from last week. We're going to continue to build on what we're talking about here. Last week, we talked about pick a side. We talked about the kingdom of God and we defined the kingdom of God as the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether it's in heaven or on the earth. It's the realm that God rules, amen, as the kingdom of God. We first saw this word in the New Testament, the kingdom of God, as we talked about last week from Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, in the days of John the Baptist, excuse me, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This word kingdom here in the Greek means uh, royal power, kingship, dominion, rule, or the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. So we understand here that as John was speaking, watch this, as he was speaking, he wasn't declaring something necessarily new. He was declaring something that was renewed. Let me say it again. He wasn't declaring something that was new. He was declaring something that was renewed. We understand that God has a kingdom and he established a colony here on earth, right? So any kingdom that has a colony, that colony belongs to the kingdom. It's a part of the kingdom. So he said, I'm going to bring my kingdom. I'm going to manifest it here on earth. I'm going to create man. I'm going to put man in charge of my kingdom. I'm going to give him a help me who's supposed to, to have dominion and rule right alongside of them because he blessed them. And said, let them have dominion. So he said, I'm going to put them together. They're going to rule over my realm. And, and so he established this colony, he establishes this kingdom. Amen. And that's where we find the kingdom of God. So when, when John the Baptist came announcing, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says, listen, what was created originally that Adam lost when he fell, when he rebelled against God, it's coming back. It's being restored. So it wasn't a new thing. It was a renewed thing. He says, I am restoring. Jesus is coming and he is going to restore the kingdom and all of its authority right here in the earth. Amen. And when Jesus said, we sang it this morning, when he said it is finished, he had done everything that was needed to be done. Amen. He fulfilled all of the word of God. He fulfilled everything and he came and restored that kingdom dominion back to man. And this is where we find ourselves. But we have to come into an understanding of what the kingdom is. We've never been there. 
We've never been there. I was sharing that uh, according to Ancestry DNA, my family originates from Nigeria. Okay? I know nothing about Nigeria. I've never been to Nigeria. I, I can tell you where it is. I can find it on the map. But don't put me there and tell me to go somewhere. I have no idea what it's like. I don't know the customs. I don't know the culture. I don't know the languages. Why? Because I've never been there. And so it would take, if I'm going to go there, it would take someone from there to teach me and show me the ways of my homeland, if you will, right? And this is what Jesus came. He came and he began to teach the kingdom of God. He began to say, all this stuff you see, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Let me show you what it really looks like, okay? And there were a lot of Jewish scholars and people, the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, all of the rulers of the day. They really had a, a problem with Jesus because, well, they had one. They had established their own rules. They had established, based on what they believed about the word, they had established their own rules. And Jesus was saying, listen, what you think it is is not really what it is. If you go back and you read some of Jesus' teaching and parables and why he had issues with the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, because they said they had the, the letter of the law, but they missed the spirit, which means they had the letter, but they didn't understand God's intent. And they were holding people to the letter. And Jesus was like, that's not really what this is about. He says, okay, I know that it says, you know, that you, you, uh, you not to have adultery with a woman. You shouldn't have adultery. But I'm saying to you what the real intention of it is, is not to have lust in your heart for a woman that's not your wife. Okay? Not to have lust in your heart for another woman. He says, listen, when you do that, you've committed adultery already. This is what it really is. Now, the problem in all of that, and I'm nowhere close to my notes right now, but the problem in all of that was that even though we understood the letter, we got the intention, we didn't have the power to keep it. And this is why it was so important that Jesus came and restored this dominion because what happened when Adam died, he died spiritually. So the Holy Spirit that was breathed into him departed from him. And now Jesus comes back and he, he goes to the cross, he dies, he, he sheds his blood, he goes to heaven, he sprinkles the blood of the mercy seat, amen, in heaven. And now we're redeemed, we're restored. And now he comes back and he breathes on his disciples and said, receive me the Holy Ghost. So he gave them their breath back. He gave them the spirit of God that had been lost at create, excuse me, when, uh, when Adam fell. He gave them back the spirit of God. Now you have the ability, you have the power, you have the strength. To be able to keep the word. Amen. To be able to obey my laws. This is what he told him in Ezekiel. He said, I will put my spirit in you and I'll cause you to obey my laws and my statutes. This is what he told him he would do. And so he came and he fulfilled this. And now we have kingdom dominion restored to us. But if we don't know how the kingdom works, we can't represent the king. If we don't understand how it all fits together, we will misrepresent the king. When we go to try to do kingdom business, amen. So a couple of uh, principles we talked about last week. I'm going to slow down here and just teach a little bit. We want to understand these principles, and these are going to continue to come back up. I mentioned them a, couple of, uh, a couple of them already, but these are going to continue to come back up as we're teaching and talking through this year about the kingdom. The first one we said, the kingdom principles, is that God has a kingdom in heaven and he established a colony on earth, right? So he has a kingdom that's in heaven, okay? But he established a colony on earth. And the colony then falls under the jurisdiction of the king. If you're a colony of a kingdom, then you have to acknowledge all the same rules, laws, principles, allegiances. Everything that the original host country does is what you do in the colony, okay? All right? So the colony then and its citizens are under the authority and care of the kingdom, regardless of geographical location. You know, they used to have a saying way back in, in, the, in the day, the, the sun never sets on the Roman Empire, right? The sun never sets on the Roman Empire. And so no matter where you went, there was always an extension of that empire. And so that means that the people that were there were supposed to be taken care of by Rome. We look at the British Empire, when they established all these different colonies, everybody in the British Empire, no matter if you're a part of the country or their island, or if you're a part of another place, you if you were under their rule, then you were supposed to be under their care and protection. Amen. That's how a kingdom works. And so as a part of the kingdom, we are under the rule of God, but we're also under his care and protection. Amen. We're going to talk about that a little, a little bit. 
we, we said that his that the dominion of the kingdom, the kingdom itself, and its rule, its dominion, is supposed to be extended by the, the subjects or the members of the kingdom, right? The way we do that is we go and we bear the image of God. The man was created in the image and likeness of God, and the intention was for us to go and to spread God's image, to spread his likeness, to spread his laws, his rules. But watch this, his rules, of course, they're protected. And so we're supposed to spread his way of doing things throughout the earth. And as we see with the fall, they began to spread their own image. The devil got in it. He began to, to promote his image in man. And we just picked up on that and just ran with it. Okay? And so he said, listen, I want you to come back. So what I'm going to do, I want you to, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to restore my image back to you. I'm going to give you my spirit to lead you and make you to look like me. Amen. That's a process called sanctification. As we begin to die to ourselves, we begin to look more like him. What we're doing is we're being made, watch this, in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. The Bible says he's the chief cornerstone. A cornerstone back in the day was a rock that they used to uh, cut and use that as a model to cut all the other rocks from. He's not talking about getting a copy from a copy. No, you get cut from the chief cornerstone. That chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ. He is the epitome of, of, of the God-man. Amen. And so we want to be like God. We want to be like Jesus. We've got to be cut from the chief cornerstone. Amen. Hallelujah. He says also that anyone who does not bear the image of the king or anyone who attempts to exercise independent rule outside of the king is in rebellion to the king and the kingdom. This is what happened to Adam. This is why he got cast out. He got cast out because he exercised independent rule. Even though he bore the image, he exercised independent rule outside of the king. So he changed, watch this, he changed who he was representing. Now he says, God, I'm not going to represent you. I'm going to represent this ideal that has been presented to me that I can be more like you by doing what you told me not to do. So he says, no, I'm going to take this. I'm going to do it my own way. And now, even though he had, he was created in the image, he stopped bearing the image. Okay? There's a difference in how you, what you look like and how you carry yourself. Even though you, you bear the image, we call this having a form of godliness, but denying the power. It says we look like Christians, but we don't really act like Christians. There's a difference. Because in one, we're representing the image of the king, and one, we're not. We're exercising independent rule. So he says, no, I need you to come back, okay, and get under my authority. Amen? Rebellion against the king is not tolerated in the kingdom. Amen? It's not tolerated. But submission to the king brings rewards, brings blessing, brings, brings increased rule and responsibility. Amen? So the question in the kingdom is, Who's in control? We talk about the kingdom. Who's in charge? That's how we know. Well, which kingdom are we under? Who's in charge of your kingdom? Excuse me. Amen. The kingdom is universal, but it's also very personal. Okay, we know that there's a kingdom, a spiritual realm that we can't see. We understand the kingdom of God, but it's not just about out here. It's about in here. Who is ruling our hearts? Who's in control of our heart? And there's only two choices. Now, I said last week, there, there's God and there's the devil. Now, we can, we can exercise some type of independence because we were made uh, a living soul. We have a mind, a will, and emotions. We can make decisions on our own, but we're going to be influenced by one of two places. Okay, and James chapter uh, 3 verse 15 says that there's wisdom that comes from above and there's wisdom that comes from beneath. It's either God's way or it's this earthly way, this spiritual way that we call it way. That, and, and what we understand here, it's, it says it's earthly, it's unspiritual because it's not the spirit of God. And ultimately it's demonic. Okay, and so God is saying, listen, you're either getting wisdom from here, from me, and I'm calling the shots and I'm leading you and I'm telling you how to do things and you're obeying my word, or you're getting your information from the enemy. Oh, well, I did all this research on YouTube and I found out about this. Well, the devil is the prince of the power of the air. He controls that right now. And so you, you have to be very careful what you listen to, what you expose yourself to. Is it God or is it from the enemy? And just because it sounds good doesn't mean it is good. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to help us discern between good and evil. That's why we have the word of God to help us to understand what good is and what evil is. 
Amen. And that's the standard. We can't create a standard for ourselves. Amen. We have to fall in line with the rules, regulations and the laws of the kingdom. Amen. All right. All right. So let's let's go. Uh, I told you three things uh, last week. Amen. That we needed to do. We needed to seek God. Right. We needed to stay full of the Holy Spirit. OK. And we needed to use our authority. We needed to seek God. We need to stay full of the Holy Spirit. And we need to use our authority. Amen. So our big thing was, look, pick a side. Pick a side. If you're going to pick God's side, which is the best side, that's the winning side. Amen. If we're going to pick God's side, then we've got to seek him. We've got to stay full of the Holy Spirit so he can lead us and guide us and help us. And we've got to use our authority against this kingdom of darkness that will come against us to attack us. But again, that only happens when we pick a side. Amen. We have to pick a side. And, and I, I shared with you from Joshua 24, 15. Uh, it says very simply says, as for me and my house, we just skip to the end of the verse. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, choose, choose this day. You've got two options before you got God. Well, you've got many options nowadays. You can choose this religion. You can choose this place. You can choose this. You can choose that. Listen, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except by me. He says, so choose me. I'm going to get you there. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to get you there. Amen. We have to choose his side. If we choose him, we've got to seek his ways. He said, seek ye first, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay. We've got to seek him. We've got to seek his way of doing things. We've got to seek how it is that we stay in right position with God. Okay. And then we've got to stay full of the spirit. And again, he leads us and guides us into all truth. So the last part I said was to use your kingdom authority. And this is where we're going to camp out for a little bit. Okay. We're going to camp out here for a little bit in understanding kingdom authority. Amen. So as I said, your authority has been restored to you through Jesus Christ. Okay. Your kingdom authority, that rule, go and have dominion. That's been restored to you. Because of Jesus Christ, okay? Um, and, and, but we have to understand that there's a certain way to use authority. I told you to use it, but now I've got to tell you how to use it. Amen. I've got to tell you how to use it. Now, when I think about kingdom authority, okay, I think about authority. My mind immediately goes to Luke chapter 10, okay? Luke chapter 10 is the chapter where uh, Jesus was with his, his disciples, and he had 70 of them that he was going to send out, okay? We know, of course, there's 12 apostles, but he had a lot more disciples than just the 12, right? So he was going to take, he said he took 70 of them, and he sent them out two by two, and he sent them into the places where he himself was going to go. So like John the Baptist went before Jesus, he sent his disciples before him into all these different towns and places. And he, and he so hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and take care of business. And I'm going to show up and, and, and clean things up. Now, when I, when I think about kingdom authority, I, my mind immediately goes to not only Luke chapter 10, but to verse 19 of chapter 10. Let's skip down there. Okay. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He says, behold, I give you what? I have given you authority. I've given you authority. Okay. Authority is permission and power. Okay, it's not just power, but it's permission to use the power that you have. Okay, he says, behold, I give you authority to what? To tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Okay, so this is where I do. This is like my, my thing right here. I'm like, okay, God, you give me authority. Bam, this is what I got. I behold, I have power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt me or harm me. I'm ready to go do work. God says, stop. Go back and look what else I gave. Look at what else I gave along with the authority. So we're going to go back a little bit. Luke chapter 10, verse 3. Right. Let's go back. Luke chapter 10, verse three. Let me teach this a little bit. So Jesus tells a matter of fact, can we back up to verse one? Do you have verse one? Let's just kind of start right there. Luke chapter 10, verse one. And then I'll keep reading down. It says after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. I'm going to just keep reading down. It says, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So he's given them the task, right? But now look at what else he gives them. Verse three, he says, go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of the wolves. Verse four, carry no money bag, no knapsack, 
no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. But and whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, Go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. And I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. What did he give them besides the authority? He gave them boundaries. He gave them rules to follow. He gave them instructions. He gave them limitations. He said, listen, if you're going to go and represent me, then this is how you've got to do it. Yes, I've given you the authority. The demons will submit to you if you do it my way. If you go and you follow these laws, you follow these rules that I'm giving you, they're boundaries to help you to be successful. If you do that, bam, you're going to have good success. Amen. And a lot of times, family, what happens is we want to be in authority, but we don't understand to be under authority. See, Jesus gave them the authority, but he gave them boundaries. And he says, listen, when you represent me, you have to carry yourself like me. And if you stay within the guidelines, that's how we'll know your rule is legitimate. See, a lot of people sometimes that, that try to exercise a whole lot of authority, but there's some other areas in life. And I'm not saying we're supposed to be, we're going to be perfect, right? But if I'm living in such a way that is against the word of God, I got to have a problem. Because I'm going to be out of authority. I'm going to be out on my own. Okay? And when we cross those lines, when we're not submitted under, when we're not carrying ourselves in the way that God wants us to carry ourselves according to his word, his instructions, we are in rebellion. Okay? And we're trying to exercise independent rule. And you know, as we've said, that doesn't fly in the kingdom. Amen. And so they went and they did everything that Jesus commanded them to do. How do we know? Because they came back excited. They said, hey, God, even the, the demons are subject to us. Go down to verse 17 in Luke chapter, chapter 10. Let me just read it. He says, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. You know, they were excited. But why did this work out for them? Because they stayed within the boundaries. He said to them, listen, I, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Okay, that's what happens to people that rebel. <laughs> Amen. He said, it worked for you because you stayed in my authority. I saw Satan fall from heaven because he got out from under authority. Okay, I saw this work. He says, behold, I've given you the authority. I've given you the authority. I've watched it. I've given you the authority. Family, you have to understand. Authority can't be taken. It has to be received. I'm going to say it again. Authority can't be taken. It has to be received. And so even as we were saying on last week and we're getting ready to go into our prayer this week and we're going to be uh, uh, using our, our kingdom authority, it can't be taken. I can't just take it. It has to be received. And it's received by submitting. It's received by being under authority. Amen. Again, authority comes with boundaries. This is what happened to Adam. He said, look, while you're walking and doing everything in the garden and you're representing me and you're bearing my image, you can eat of every tree you want to. But that one tree, the tree of the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you can't eat it. It'll kill you. Stay away from it. Okay. He, he, he got authority, but he had a boundary. He had limitations. So he could prove that he was under authority. And when he got from under authority, that's when he lost his authority. Amen. And God is saying, look, if you're going to exercise authority, make sure that you're under. Make sure that you're covered. Make sure that you that I have your back. Amen. That's what he restored to us. See, authority comes with boundaries and boundaries. Boundaries are not some restrictive limitations designed to keep you from being great. That's not what boundaries are. Let me say it again. Boundaries are not restrictive limitations to keep you from greatness. Boundaries are protective guardrails to guide you to greatness. Boundaries are not restrictive limitations to keep you from greatness. No, boundaries are protective guardrails to lead you to greatness, to guide you to greatness. 
You know, you can ride down the highway. We were in California, uh, I remember uh, a long time ago, we were in California doing the, the Hollywood Homes Tour. We were going up Mulholland Drive and all this stuff, and they were driving on these roads. There no guardrails on the roads, okay? And I'm looking over, and I'm seeing this. I'm seeing the edge of this thing and all the, of course, the pretty houses, but I'm paying attention to the edge of the road, okay? And they got this little bus. It's like a, a I, would, I wouldn't even call it a two-lane street. It's like a one-and-a-half lane road that you're going down. And I'm looking at these, I'm like, where are the guardrails? Okay? Because guardrails are a protection to me going too far. Okay? Guardrails are a protection for me getting out of the boundaries and injuring myself. Okay? And I thank God that I guess the, the, the bus drivers were used to, to driving the roads and the people that go up and down because they were passing each other and all kinds of stuff. Uh, that may be the last time I do that tour. But, I, but I also, we'll see. We go back. Amen. But but I was like looking for the guardrails because they're protection. Amen. They're protection. You can go over it if you want to. OK, but it's there for your protection. It's the same thing with the word of God. The word of God is here for our protection. The instructions that come from the Holy Spirit that should never contradict the word of God are there for our protection. Amen. When we're going and we're trying to represent God, we have to be under authority. Amen. Being under authority is protective. Amen. As a pastor, I'm in authority, but I'm under authority. I'm glad I have a pastor. Amen. I am a pastor, but I have a pastor. Matter of fact, I have two pastors. Amen. I've got Bishop Williams, who's my spiritual father, and then I've got Bishop Davidson, and of course, their wives and everything, and they cover us. Okay. They cover us. They pray for us. If I have an issue, I have somebody I can go to because I'm covered. And if y'all have an issue with me, guess what? You've got somebody you can go to because I'm covered. Amen. This is this is how it works. We should be under authority. That's where your power comes from. Because if I get into something that's too high for me to advance for me, I've got some backup. I've got somebody I can call on. Amen. So uh, being under authority doesn't restrict your power. It actually gives you more power. Hallelujah, because now I'm not just representing myself. No, I'm representing the power that's backing me. Amen. Glory to God. So when I go and represent Jesus and I represent him the right way and I'm staying under the guidelines, guess what? I've got all the authority of heaven backing me. And this is how it should be. Amen. But we've got to be under authority. Amen. Even at work, I have a supervising position. Dr. Green, I love this guy. Amen. He's my medical authority. If I have an issue, I can call him. Amen. I can call him if I have if I need him. If I need some help, I can ask for it. when I do my job. He backs me up. If I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, he's going to bring correction. Amen. That's what authority does. I had an issue the other day with a patient and he told me, look, get somebody specific to weighing on this issue. He said something at the end. He said, you don't want to be the last one holding the bag. He says, if there's an issue, you want to make sure that you bring it to the proper authority. Don't leave it all in yourself. And that's, that's, that's why we have, again, authority. It's protection. Amen. It's protection. It is much more powerful to be under authority than just to be in authority. Because our resources, our influence, our power expands when we're submitted to authority. Amen. And you have to, again, it's something that has to be given to you through your submission. When we submit to Christ, when we surrender our lives to him, amen, we are submitting ourselves to his authority. We are coming under the authority of Christ. That's why we can walk in the authority of Christ, because we come under. And this is what he told him. Go back to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He says, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. He says, I've given you. You can't take the authority. I've given it to you because you submit it. And then he says, and when you submit to my authority, because I've given you this and you go out and you face these demonic spirits, you go out and you face the sicknesses. He says, nothing by any means shall hurt nor harm you. Why? Because I've got your back because you're under authority. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven. I just referenced this. It says, who goes to war at his own expense? Who goes to war at his own expense? When I went to Iraq, um, you know, uniforms, equipment, supplies, weapons, ammunition, I didn't have to buy any of that stuff. I didn't have to buy any of it. It was provided for me. Why? Because I wasn't going on my own authority. I was being sent. Oh, key word. I was being sent. Amen. I was being sent by someone who was in a higher authority than me. They sent me. 
And so, as, again, as, a, as you're in a kingdom, if the kingdom is sending me, then the kingdom is responsible to take care of me and provide for me. If the army is sending me somewhere, they're responsible to take care of me and provide for me. We used to have this thing called TDY, temporary duty assignment, right? We would get sent, and some of my TDYs, I had to go to conferences. Oh my gosh, I had to go to conferences. They were so horrible. I had to go to Las Vegas, or I had to go to Orlando, and go to this conference, and stay in a plush hotel, and eat out every day. And the government paid for it. Why? Because they sent me. And see, family, I'm trying to get you to understand when God sends you to take care of an issue, when he sends you to start a business, when he sends you, amen, to go and do something, the provision of the kingdom of heaven is going to back you because you're representing the king. Amen. If God told you to go start a business, guess what? Go do it. Go do it because he has your back and he's going to provide. Well, I don't have this money. I don't have this startup cost for this. I don't have to ask him for it. God, if you're sending me, I need you to do this. Because I'm under authority. Amen. Some of you are afraid to step out because of the expenses. Some of you might be afraid of demonic principalities. You talk about demons. I don't want to mess with none of that. You got to use wisdom. I ain't down for that. Why? The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. These signs will accompany those who believe in them. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. This is what belongs to you. Amen. And so don't be afraid to walk in authority as long as you're under authority. We see, when, when people start talking like that, it makes me question whether they're under authority. So one, either you're not under the under authority, you're not really submitted to God, like the seven sons of Sceva we talked about last week, trying to cast out some demon spirit by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. They didn't know him. They weren't under authority. And when they tried to do it, the demon said, look, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. And, and that demon leapt on them and, and, and left them beaten, wounded, and naked. They ran out of that place, okay, because they weren't under authority. So it's one of two things. If you get all, you know, nervous and scared about dealing with demons and stuff, guess what? It's one of two things. Either one, you're not under authority. You're not really submitted to God. Or two, you don't understand the authority that you have. And either one of them can be corrected. Glory to God. We can come under authority or like we're doing today, we can understand the authority that we have. Amen. And how to be under and we can get some things done. Amen. He says you have to be a believer to cast out demons. That, that's the criteria. You got to be a believer. You got to have faith. Amen. Every believer, watch this. Every believer has the authority to wage war in the heavens. Every believer has the authority to wage war in the heavens. I told you last week, stop letting the devil call the shots in your realm of rule. In your realm of authority, stop letting the devil dictate to your kids what, what how things are going to go and dictating to you how your kids are going to be and how your marriage is going to go. Why are we letting him talk to us about that kind of stuff? Rebuke him, get him out, amen, and begin to decree and declare what thus saith the Lord in your life and in your family. That's the, that's the area he gave you to rule. So let's stop letting the devil call the shots in our stuff. Amen. Glory to God. You got to be a believer, but you also, again, you have to be led of the Lord and you have to be under authority. Let's go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. I quoted this last week. We said this last week. And this is a very popular scripture when we get to talking about walking in our authority. The Bible says that Jesus gave us keys to the kingdom. Keys open things. Keys close things. It allows things in or it keeps things out. Okay. And we all have keys to the kingdom. And look at what he says. He says, truly, I say to you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He says, again, I say to you, two of you agree on earth about anything they ask. It will be done for them by my father in heaven. Right. So go back to verse 18. Let me let me focus in here. It says, truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, it would be really great if I could just decide what I want to buy and what I want to want to loose and it would just match up in heaven what I'm doing here. That's not how this works. Again, we have to be under authority. So let's go to the amplified version because the amplified version of this really kind of spells this out and makes it plain according to how it's originally written. The amplified version says, truly I tell you, Whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth using your authority, watch this, must be what is already forbidden in heaven. We don't get to decide. He says, and whatever you permit, so whatever you bind or whatever you forbid, but also whatever you permit 
and declared proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Amen. Thus saith the Lord, get it not thou twisted. Okay, amen. Get it not thou twisted. Don't get, don't, don't get this twisted up. We don't get to decide because we have the authority on earth what's supposed to be. No, we have to go according to the rules. That's what got the devil in trouble. That's what got Adam in trouble. And that's what gets us in trouble when we don't submit to God. We have to surrender to him and we come and we declare what thus saith the Lord. He says, look, my word that goes out will not return to me void, but it will go and it will accomplish that which I sent it to do. Right. His word does that, not ours. His word goes and accomplishes what we what what is sent to do. So when we declare it, it's still his word. We declare it, but it's his word. It's not our will. We can't flip scriptures and just try to make it mean something else and twist it around and think it's supposed to work. The enemies, the, the, the angels are like, what is that? What? What do you say? That, that, that's not what that is. We ain't got to go nowhere. Just hang out. We're good. <laughs> stand down. Stand down. We're good. They wait for the voice of the word. Now, when that word comes, glory to God, they, they move out. They move out. They wage war in the heavenlies to bring you the answers that you need. They wage war in the heavenlies, amen, to open doors and make things happen for us, amen. The Bible says that angels are ministering spirits sent to minister on behalf of those who inherit salvation. That's us. They're here to work for us and to help us to accomplish the will of God. They're not here to help us accomplish our own stuff, amen. They're here for God's will to be done. They assist us in bringing the kingdom. He said, thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Not in heaven as it is on earth. Okay. Get it not thou twisted. Glory to God. Amen. So let's go back to our text today. We see this centurion, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. And we're going to understand how we be, how, how do we carry ourselves under authority? Amen. We see this centurion. He came to Jesus. Um, he had a problem. He said, My, my servant, this is verse 7. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. It says, Lord, my servant, excuse me, verse 6, my servant is lying paralyzed at home. He's suffering terribly. This man has a problem. He has a servant who's paralyzed and he's suffering. And the centurion calls Jesus. He comes to Jesus and he calls him Lord. He calls him Lord. He recognizes Jesus' authority in the situation. He recognizes his authority. He submits himself to the one that was greater than him. Amen. The, 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 the soldier realized, look, I've got power. I've got authority over these folks. But guess what? I don't have any authority in this issue. I don't, I don't have any authority right here. I, I, this is spiritual. I don't have weapons for this. He can, I'm sure as a centurion, he could get a lot of things done. But he couldn't deal with this when he had to go to the one who could deal with it. His family, when we're in a situation... When we've got things going on, we've got to go to the one that has the power. We have to go, go to the one who has the authority. That's Jesus Christ. He has the authority and the power to deal with this stuff. Amen. And he doesn't mind sharing it with us. Amen. But we've got to understand. We've got to come under him. We've got to recognize him as Lord. Amen. We've got to recognize him as Lord. You know, family, sometimes God will allow some things to come against us that we can't handle. Amen. I know, I know that the, 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 the saying is that God won't put more on you than you can bear. We've heard it all our lives. We've said it all our lives. Stop saying that because that, that comes from the scripture. It's taken out of context. That is not what that scripture says. The scripture says that God won't allow us to be tempted above what we can handle. It means that we don't have to fall prey to sin. Okay. We don't have to fall a victim and become victims to sin. Okay. But he will allow us to, to allow circumstances to overwhelm us. He says, when you go through the flood, I won't let it drown you. You're still going through a flood. When you go through the fire, it's going to be hot, but it won't consume you. I will allow you to go through things that are too difficult for you to handle so I can help you. So that you'll know that I'm God. So that you'll know that I'm with you. Amen. So that you'll know that I am with you. Think about the story of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys that were, were thrown into the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in the book of Daniel. But, but think about that. Do you think that was a situation that they could have just handled on their own? If God won't allow you to go through more than you can bear? They were thrown into a furnace. Heated seven times hotter than normal. Killed one of the guards who opened the door. 
killed him trying to throw them in it. And but God had to show up in the midst of the fire. See, that's how, you know, when you're submitted, God will show up for you in the midst of what you're going through. He'll let you go into it, but he'll be with you in it. Oh, glory to God. That's somebody's word right there. He'll allow you to go through it, but he'll be with you in it. And you'll come out of the other side. Look like he ain't even go through nothing. Hallelujah. That's what he does. But we have to be under his authority. Why? We need some backup. We need some backup. Amen. Amen. The Bible says what? Mighty in God. Verse four. They are mighty in God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. They're not mighty in us. They're mighty in God. Again, that's being submitted and surrendered to his authority. What do they do? Verse five. Uh, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So Jesus, the centurion shows up. He says, man, I can't handle this. He says, but you've got weapons that I don't have. You've got stuff that I can't use and you can take care of this. You, you can do this. So I'm going to surrender myself to I'm going to surrender my situation to your authority. Verse 7 of Matthew chapter 8, he says, he said to him, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion replied, he says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. He says, you don't have to come. You're under authority. I recognize authority when I see it. You don't have to come. Just speak a word. I know how this thing works. He says, look at verse, uh, verse 9. He says, for I too am a man. And here's the key. I am a man under Authority. He didn't say I'm a man in authority. That wasn't his first recognition. He says, I'm a man who is under authority, having then having soldiers under me. I'm under authority. So I know how structure works. I know how order works. OK, I know how this goes. So I am submitted to authority. So the soldiers under uh, under me have to submit to me. Because I'm submitted to authority, those under me have to submit to me. So because you're under authority, those things that are under you have to submit to you. He says, Jesus, I see how you walk. I see how you do this. I see how you pray and you call on your father. I see how you go and you pray in the midnight and you, you spend all night on the mountain submitting yourself to God. I see the power that this produces in your life. You're a man under authority because nobody can just come and exercise authority unless they've got some heavenly spiritual backing. He says, I can see this in your life. And I, I, I need that in my life. I need that to be manifested in my life. He recognizes authority, but he recognizes someone who is submitted to authority. That's where the true power is. He understands kingdom. In, in this situation, he, he understands how empires work. Okay, he's part of the Roman Empire. He says, look, all you've got to do is say it. When Caesar says something, it's law. When, when, when you speak something, it's law because you have authority in this situation. So you don't even have to move. You don't have to get up. All you've got to do is speak and that thing will change. Amen. And, and, and Jesus just marveled. He just marveled. Amen. He marveled because he said, look, nobody else is getting this. He says all of my people in Israel, they're not catching this because they want to be in authority. They don't want to submit to God. They don't want to surrender to God. They want to be in authority. They want to be in charge. They want to call the shots. He says, but listen, you don't have power in this battle. He said, the battle doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. I can do this. And we just have to surrender, family. We just have to surrender to God. Amen. When you're under authority, you walk with confidence. Amen. Because you're under authority. But watch this. You also walk in a great deal of humility. When we're under authority, we have to walk with humility to the one that we're submitted to. Amen. That's how you know. Arrogant people don't stay in power too long. And if they do, it corrupts them. Okay? Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. Amen. Everybody in, in, in Israel, they, they had their own version of how Jesus was supposed to do things. They weren't willing to submit to him. Amen. But if you're going to if you're going to walk in kingdom authority, you've got to be surrendered. You've got to be submitted to God. Amen. You've got to be submitted to God and submitting to authority takes faith. It takes faith. Man. It takes faith to surrender and to submit to authority. Why? Because we like to handle stuff ourselves. We like to do things on our own. OK, we'll like people telling us how to handle stuff and how to call the shot. We don't want somebody do that for us. Okay, just let, let, just get out the way. Let me handle it. <laughs> I say, look, that's why we sang that song today. God, we're moving out your way. Okay, we're getting out your way because we don't, we don't know how to deal with this stuff. But you do. 
And you, if we submit to you, we get under authority, you'll lead us. But it takes faith. It takes faith not to take matters into your own hand. It takes faith to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. It takes faith to admit that I can't fix it and I need help. Amen. But it, it takes faith to do that. But it also takes humility to say, God, I'm weak. God, I have a problem. I can't do this. But you said in my weakness, your strength would be made perfect. God, I don't have the wisdom. I don't know how to figure this out. But God, you said that if I ask you for wisdom, you would give freely to all and you wouldn't get upset at us when we ask. We've got to humble ourselves enough to come to God and say, God, I'm under your authority. I can't handle this issue, but I know that all things are possible for you. I know that there's nothing too hard for you. I need you, God. I need you to handle this. Right. Amen. And that's what that's what Moses did at the Red Sea. You think about that. Here he is leading a million Israelites out of a, a land. And here comes the enemy. And he's standing in front of a big body of water. He has no authority. He has no power to do anything in that situation. So he appealed to God. God, what do you want me to do? And he says, hey, take that staff that's in your hand and stretch that out. And I'll use that. He had to submit to the instruction. He had to submit and surrender to the instruction that he was given. And when he did it, then the power flowed. Hallelujah. When he did it, then the power flowed. It takes faith. It takes being humble. Amen. You want to use kingdom authority? You want to be great in the kingdom? You want to be great and do great works for God? You want to do that? Let me show you how to do it. Go to James chapter uh, chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4 verse 6. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You want to be great in the kingdom? You've got to be humble. Jesus said, he said, unless you become as a little child, he's unless you become as a little child, you can't even see the kingdom. You have no place in the kingdom. But if you, if you become like this child, you're going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Amen. He says, look at this. You want to do great works for God? Watch this. Submit yourselves. Verse seven. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Okay? Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God, first of all. Submit yourself to God. Come under his authority. Then you can resist the devil and he'll flee. If you're not submitted to God, okay, then, then the devil doesn't have to flee. He's not going anywhere. It, it'll be hard to get him out of your home if you're not submitted to God. Amen? Why? Because he's not fleeing from you. <laughs> he's fleeing from the greater one that's on the inside of you. Amen. He's fleeing from God. But if you're standing out here on your own and not under authority, if we're standing in the uh, on our own, doing our things our own way, and we're not submitted to the authority of God, he, he, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to answer you. He doesn't have to respond to you. But if you want to get him out your home, if you want to get him out of your home, submit to God, surrender to him. And then the devil resist the devil and he'll flee. Amen. Amen. Submit first. Family, when we're prideful, when we're arrogant, when we're not submitted, we well, oftentimes what we do is we exceed our authority. We go be, beyond our boundaries. We get in trouble. Okay. And God is saying, listen, I need you to come back. I need you to come back under my authority. You know, a policeman doesn't have the power to stop your car. He, he can't stand in front of your car and with his might and you, you're driving and he can't physically stop your car, but his badge gives him the authority to do so. Okay? He gives him the authority to do so, right? It's been delegated to him, but he also has the responsibility to stay within the boundaries of that authority if he wants to keep using that authority. He has to stay within the boundaries of his jurisdiction. Okay? He has to use probable cause. He has rules and responsibilities and boundaries to govern, govern his authority because his power comes from being under authority. We go around talking about defund the police. Don't do that because then they won't have any authority. Then the people who are, are trying to rule and control after that, they won't be under authority. No, don't defund the police. Get them jokers back under the legitimate authority that they're supposed to be under. That's what we need to focus on. Hold them accountable for, for exceeding the boundaries. Amen. That's how authority works. When you exceed the boundaries of your authority, you are in violation of the authority and therefore in rebellion in the kingdom. So we want to stay under. Amen. So last week I'm closing here. Last week we spent time repenting, 
recommitting ourselves to God. We humbled ourselves before the Lord. And before we get into the prayer and fasting, we can start taking ground from the kingdom of darkness. I believe that's our assignment. Amen. We need to make sure we're under authority because, as I said, the enemy doesn't have to respond to you. He responds to God that's in you. And if you're not submitted under him, you have no spiritual backing. OK. And there are some who are watching today that you need to surrender your hearts to God. You need to you need to to, to give yourselves to him. This is your time. This is your time. You need to submit yourselves to, to the authority of Christ in your life. This is your time. This is your time to do that. Amen. But then there's another group that I want to talk to. That you, you still, you know, I don't have a problem surrendering to God. It's these folks. <laughs> I don't have a problem surrendering to God. But, but, but I have an issue sometimes that there's people in my lives that I don't really feel like I have to submit to. So there's there's some of us who have some unsaved supervisors. We feel like, well, we don't really have to submit to their leadership because, well, I'm a I'm a Christian. They're in the world. Now how that works? You have to submit. You have to submit to authority. You have to be under authority. Some of you feel that that maybe I'm I'm above the the, the rules at work because of my reputation or my experience or my tenure, how long I've been there. Some of us we have nasty attitudes towards our supervisors because we feel like we know more than them. You got to submit. Power won't flow unless you submit. Amen. Oh, I thought it was just talking about church. No, I'm talking about life. I'm talking about life. Amen. God is saying you will be stuck where you are because it's that person's role to get you to the next level. They're the ones holding the keys to the door and your submission will unlock that door. But if you don't submit to them, because really when you're submitting to them, you're not just submitting to them, you're submitting to God. That's how we're supposed to carry ourselves. Rebuking it won't work, okay? You commanding and decreeing, declaring won't work. The only thing that's going to open the door to your next level is your surrender, is your submission, amen? We see this in our jobs. We see this in our families. There's some wives who refuse to surrender and submit to their husbands because you think you're smarter than they are. God said not so. That's not the way I designed it, okay? Now, surrender and submission doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, bow and scrape on the floor and all that. That's not what this is. There's a reverence, there's a respect for the position of the man in the home. And when that's out of order, your home is out of order. And God is saying, look, if you want the power to flow, I need you to surrender. I need you to submit. I need you to bow down your heart, surrender to me. I'll take care of the rest of the stuff. You just surrender to me. Get under. Get under. Amen. There are some husbands who are domineering toward their wives with your rules and your, your pride and your arrogance instead of dwelling with your wife according to knowledge. You're trying to get your wife to submit to you, but you won't submit to God and love her the way that he commands you to. You got to come under. You have to come under. There are some children who are in open rebellion to your parents. Open rebellion. And there's also some children that are in sneaky rebellion to your parents. You've got to submit. Amen. This is not the way to show how grown up you are by rebelling against your parents. No, mature people know how to give honor where honor is due. Do you want to show how grown you are? Honor your mother and father. Honor your parents. Honor those that God has placed over you. That's how you do that. Amen. You need to repent and apologize. And there's some of us, again, that, that refuse to submit to spiritual authority. There's some people that refuse to submit to spiritual authority. You don't want to submit to God because you got your own version of Christianity. You know how you want to do it. You know how you want to serve God. I don't need the Bible and all this stuff. That's just old rules, regulations. I don't need that. I, I can serve God on my own. Not so. Not so. Surrender to God. Do it his way. Amen. There's some that won't surrender to the Bible, to the word. They feel it's outdated. There's some that won't surrender to a pastor. They won't join a church because they've been hurt before or they've been mistreated by a church. And God is saying, listen, I'm putting you in a place for you to surrender to so you can be covered. I need you to get undercover. I've got a work for you to do. I've got ministry that needs to take place, but you can't do it on your own. You need to be covered. And God is saying, this is your time. We've got some that don't want to surrender and submit to leaders and mentors. Well, what can they tell me anyway? Because I know how to do what I'm doing. Get under. It expands your authority. This is how the kingdom works. And God is saying this, look, this doesn't just apply in church. It's in your family. It's on your job. Okay, because you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So you can't act like the world. Amen. We've got to submit. We've got to surrender. 
The Bible says that in Romans 13, 1, it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, verse two, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. If we rebel against the authorities, we are rebelling against God. We're rebelling against his kingdom. Don't expect a bunch of kingdom backing to come and deliver you out of it when you refuse to submit. God is telling you in advance, amen, before we get into these situations, before we start battling the enemy, you want to make sure you're under. Amen. You want to make sure you're under. If you want to exercise spiritual authority in the kingdom of God, you must be submitted to the kingdom authority instituted by God. If you want to exercise spiritual authority in the kingdom, you've got to be surrendered and submitted to the authority of the kingdom. Submit to God, resist the devil, then he flees. Amen. So this week, our, our, especially even today, before we begin to go and do war against the enemies and declare revival and start to take back our cities and our families and our regions, get under the authority of Christ so we can exercise the authority in Christ. Come on, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the correction that you bring in your word. You correct us because you love us.